John chapter 5. John chapter 5. From verse 1 to verse 9. John chapter 5 verses 1 to 9. John 5 verses 1 to 9. John 5 verses 1 to 9. If you are there, shout hallelujah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. New Testament, not old. Amen. John chapter 5, I read from verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem by the sheep gate a pool, which is called in Hebrew Bethesda, having five porches. In this day, a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity, 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? Please change this thing to King James. I don't like New King James. Nothing wrong with it, but I love King James. Amen? So because I know that thing says, do you like to be made whole? The important man answered him, Sir, I have no man. When the water is troubled, to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another stepped down before me. Jesus said unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And verse 9. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Praise the Lord. So this afternoon, for a few minutes, the topic we're going to be discussing is help for your healing. What did I say? Help for your healing. Help for my healing. Somebody here today needs help. Receive that help in Jesus' name. The help you need will not elude you today in Jesus' name. From the passage we read, the passage begins by saying there was a feast in Jerusalem. There was a feast. Now, a feast usually refers to a celebration. A feast usually refers to a welcoming of that which was lost. Remember the story of the prodigal son. The second of two children, the Bible says, took his father's wealth, went to a foreign land, wasted all of it on what the Bible calls riotous living. And when he came back, his father declared a feast. So a feast is usually a welcoming party. A feast is usually the beginning of a new thing. And I see something new starting with someone here today. Amen. Something new that will glorify the name of the Lord. Amen. A feast is usually a landmark in the life of a person. For example, at, when we were closing today's uh, uh, the morning service, there was a feast of cake. Amen? Amen. 
to set to mark uh, my birthday. Amen? That is a feast. We can have it in a, in, in, a, in a bigger scale. It's a landmark in the life of a person. In the book of Genesis chapter 19 verse 3. Genesis chapter 19 verse 3. The Bible says, Lot made a feast for the angels that came to distress Sodom. Genesis chapter 19 verse 3. And he pressed upon them greatly. That's Lot. And they turned in unto him. That's the angels. And entered into his house. And he made them a feast. And did bake on living bread. And they did eat. We know the story. I mean, it's, it's, it's a long story. We can't go into, into details today. But Lot invited them into his house. They came in. He made them a feast. But you see, the irony of it all was that while Lot was feasting with the angels, and that feast for adventure was part of what saved Lot on that day. But for every other person who was not involved in that feast, and one person that was involved in the feast, who was that one person that was involved? Lot's wife. For everybody outside, and even for Lot's wife, it was a day of doom. Meanwhile, a feast was going on. They were feasting. Once the feast was ended, Sodom and Gomorrah was destroyed with the fire of God. Once the feast was ended, Sister Lot, I believe we can call her that, right? Sister Lot became a pillar of salt. She saw a glimpse of the promised land. She came out of Sodom, but she never went far. I pray for someone here today, you will go far. On this journey that you, are, you have embarked upon. You know the Bible says, despise not the days of what? Small beginning, little beginning. The days whereby it looks as if you are nothing. The days it looks as if you have nothing. The days no one reckons with you. The day you are not at home, nobody even notices. The days you don't even come to church and nobody notices you are not around. But something has started. Tell somebody something has started. And God is going to blow it up in Jesus' name. God himself will advertise you in Jesus' name. Brethren, the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham made a feast. In Genesis chapter 21 verse 8. Genesis 21 verse 8. The Bible says, and the child grew and was weaned. And Abraham made a great feast. It wasn't an ordinary feast. It was a great feast. When a man had waited until he was a hundred years old. And he now had the, the, the child that God promised him at the age of 25. I mean, at the age of 75. It was a great feast. But do you know, brethren, that that same day that Isaac was weaned was the day that marked the beginning of Ishmael's problem. The Bible says, in Genesis 21, Verses 9 to 10. You know, the only person that understands women is who? Only God understands women. True or false? I'm glad our mothers agree with me. So, our fathers, once in a while you are confounded, you don't understand. Don't worry, you are not alone. God is with you. <laughs> Amen? It was a day of celebration. 
A day of rejoicing. God had just made Sister Sarah a mother that everybody was rejoicing with. Of all the things that was going on, what was the only thing that she saw? She saw that Ishmael was mocking her son. The boy that was just being weaned. Ishmael was already maybe close to 14 years old. That was all she saw. And what did she say? She went and met her husband and said, send this boy away. I don't want him around mocking my son. That was the beginning of Ishmael's problem. Thank God for God. It was God that kept Ishmael after that. I'm trying to bring out a point. The day of a feast is the day somebody is rejoicing. But it could equally be the beginning of something in somebody's life that may not be palatable. I pray on the day of your celebration, no evil will turn up in Jesus' name. I say no evil will turn up in Jesus' name. The day Leah became the wife of Jacob. Genesis chapter 29 verse 22 to 25. The day Leah became the wife of Joseph, number one. It wasn't supposed to be Leah's wedding day. Whose wedding day was it supposed to be? Rachel. But the father had his own plan and said, no, today is Leah's day. And now I'm speaking to somebody's life here today. Today is your day. Amen. I said, today is your day. God will set you in Jesus' name. Genesis 20, 29, verse 22 to 25. Laban gathered together all the men of the place and made a feast. And at night he took Leah, his first daughter, and brought her to Jacob. And Jacob did not know. It was a day that marked a chain of events, brethren. Leah was given in place of Rachel. Leah eventually had six sons and a daughter for Jacob. Among her sons were Judah and Levi. And you know the significance of those two. Levi, the lineage of the priesthood. Judah, the lineage of Jesus Christ. She had everything. A maid was given to Leah on that day. Her name is Zilpah. She later became the mother of God and Asher. The day she was given to Leah as a maid, she didn't know she was going to become the wife of Jacob. Let them call them concubine or anything. She didn't know that. But that was a ton of events. That same day, brethren, Rachel was promised. And instead of becoming the first wife of Jacob, she became what? She became the second wife of Jacob. Yet there was a feast. That feast was supposed to celebrate Rachel. But the feast ended up celebrating who? Leah. I pray for you. The feast that is meant to celebrate you will not be given to another person. The feast that is meant to herald your achievement will not, become, will not, be, will not be done in your absence. In the name of Jesus. Your day of celebration shall be a day of rejoicing for you in Jesus' name. Do you know what? Not only was, did it become the feast of Leah, that same night was the night that Rachel's womb was what? Was closed. That was the woman they were supposed to be celebrating, you know? Ah, tell somebody, this God. Brethren, strive to be on the side that pleases God. 
Because when you are the side that pleases God, he will go to any extent to establish you. And I pray for someone here today. God will establish you. I say God will establish you. And I want you to realize it's never too late. No matter how it seems, it's what? It's never too late. It's never too late. Do you realize, brethren, that a feast could be the determinant of life and death? A feast could what? Be the determinant of life and death. When Joseph was in prison, two servants of Jacob were with him in prison. One night, the Bible says the two of them had a dream the same night. And Jacob, inter I mean, Joseph interpreted the dream the best way he could. said, you, within three days, you, can, you begin to serve the king. That was the king's uh, butler. The king's baker, who saw birds eating the cake on his head. Ah, he said, sorry, within three days, your head will be cut off from your head. And brethren, the same way it was interpreted is the way it came to be. In Genesis chapter 14, verse 20 to 22. Pharaoh made a feast. And in commemoration of that feast, the butler was elevated back to his position. I pray for someone here today. The position that belongs to you, that you have lost, you are reclaiming. I said you are reclaiming it. Because as a child of God, nobody can take your place. When God has said, this is your place, nobody can take it away from you. Unfortunately for the baker, while the day of Pharaoh's feast was the day of the butler's promotion, it was the day of the baker's death. The same thing happened for uh, prophet John the Baptist. Is he not a prophet? The day that Pharaoh made a feast, in Mark chapter 6, verse 21 to 28, Pharaoh made a feast. His daughter danced before him. He didn't know that she was already possessed by the spirit of, I don't know what spirit was possessed, I mean, took hold of that girl. And that spirit got to the heart of Pharaoh. The Bible makes us understand that ordinarily, Pharaoh loved money. He wanted to be paid to receive, to release John the Baptist. But he didn't want him dead. In fact, the Bible says he would go once in a while just to listen to him in prison. He didn't want to kill him. But that day, he made a feast. That girl danced. And he didn't know that his daughter was a demon. He didn't know that she was possessed by whatever spirit. When he said, ask what you want, he thought she would make a reasonable demand. Of course, her mother was, a grand, was, a, was of the grand order of the witches. The mother said, go and ask for the head of John the Baptist. The girl said, she didn't even ask, what has he done wrong? She went back to, her, to Pharaoh and said, give me the head of John the Baptist. It was a feast, brethren. That day was the day John the Baptist was beheaded. John the Baptist made heaven know. He made heaven gloriously. But I don't know if maybe he could have done some things to prevent himself from being beheaded. I don't know. But I know that you can do something to prevent yourself from being beheaded. And you will not be beheaded in Jesus' name. The devil will not use it for celebration in Jesus' name. <laughs> the Bible says, let God arise. And what? Let his enemies be scattered. Whosoever is planning evil against you, <laughs> they will go in your place in Jesus' name. 
I'm still studying this thing about feast. And I'm go, I'm, I mean, God will give us time to go a little bit more in depth. But, I mean, these are things that God was just bringing out to me as I was preparing for this message. In Exodus chapter 5 verse 1, Moses went to Pharaoh and said, Thus says the Lord, let my people go that they may do what? Chapter 5 verse 1. Let my people go that they may do what? Hold a feast unto me in the wilderness. No wonder. They got to the wilderness and God gave them eight beautiful feasts. Eight feasts. The Sabbath was a weekly feast. The feast of the Passover, one of their most important feasts, because it was a feast that marked their deliverance. The feast of unliving bread. The feast of Pentecost. We know Pentecost very well. Acts chapter 2. The day the Holy Spirit descended. The feast of trumpets. The feast of atonement. The feast of tabernacle. They left Israel, I mean Egypt, because they needed to go and hold a feast. Is it a feast? Many feasts unto the Lord. And God instituted yearly feasts that they have to, they, they have to keep on to. And we know, if, I mean, later in their lives, there's the Feast of Purim, which marked the deliverance that God wrought for them in the time of Esther. All these national feasts were, were established for remembrance of one thing or the other that God had done for Israel. But in every feast, there were some people that could not partake in the feast. No wonder. In the passage that we read, at the pool of Bethesda, a feast was going on in Jerusalem, but there were some people that were not partakers of that feast. Why? The Bible says they were sick. They were impotent. They were a multitude. They were waiting for the water to be moved by an angel. But they did not realize that Jesus was at Jerusalem. That was the difference. And brethren, Jesus is here today. That makes the difference. That will ensure that having come to him, the help that you need, you will receive. I speak in somebody's life today. Every help that you need, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. I said, receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus was there at Jerusalem for the feast. And his presence made the difference. In John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11, there's a story we all know very well. The marriage at what? At Cana. John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. The Bible says there was a wedding in Cana. Jesus' mother was there. And who else was invited? Jesus and his disciples. So long as you invite Jesus into that feast, he will ensure that the feast that is meant to celebrate you will not come up at your back. And that's very important, brethren. He will ensure that the day that is meant for your promotion will not be the day that I say, oh, we can't find him, we can't locate him, we don't know where he is. He will ensure that the word you give will be the word in season. 
that will lead to your promotion and not your demotion. Jesus was at the, at, at the wedding in Canaan. And it made a difference. When there was no more wine. And the Bible says, this beginning of miracles. That day he began miracles. And today he will begin miracles. Amen. Today he will perfect miracles. Amen. Today the miracle you expect from the Lord Jesus Christ. Receive it in Jesus name. At Bethesda, Bethesda means house of mercy, there was a multitude of sick people. At the pool of Bethesda, there was a multitude of sick people. They needed mercy. They wanted mercy. But apparently they didn't know how to go about it. They were waiting for something physical to happen. Whereas the Lord of the physical... The Lord of the spiritual was in their midst. They did not recognize him. Our God, brethren, is the father of mercies. Our God is the father of what? Mercies. And his mercy is still available today. We are talking about help for your healing. In Exodus chapter 33 verse 19. Exodus 33 verse 19. Exodus 33 verse 19. Jesus was speaking. I mean, God was speaking. He said, Exodus 33, verse 19, I will make all my goodness, 33, not 23, all my goodness to pass before thee. I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Then God said, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. God will be gracious to you. I will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. Is there someone here today that God will show mercy unto you? Receive that mercy in Jesus' name. Receive divine mercy in Jesus' name. The mercy of God is available. Because our God is a God of mercy. Bartimaeus knew this. Remember brother Bartimaeus? In the book of Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Bartimaeus was at his daily, uh, uh, in his office, so to say. Outside the city wall of Jericho. Asking for arms. And then there was what I call palpable commotion. There was commotion around. And Bartimaeus said, what is going on? And they said, there's someone passing by. Say, who is that person? They say, Jesus. Say, you mean the Jesus? Or is there another Jesus? No. That, the same Jesus. Ah, today is my day. Tell me what did today is my day. What did Bartimaeus do? He began to shout. He said, Jesus, thou son of David, do what? Have mercy on me. Does anybody want to shout this afternoon? Anybody wants to shout this afternoon? Somebody that wants to shout, please shout. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. As if you mean it. Because as you are shouting it, some things are get coming out of you. Some things that are not supposed to be in you, they are living. Some things that the devil thinks he has found a different place in you, they are, dis they are disappearing. You say, Jesus, Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy on me. As if you mean it, say it again. Say, Jesus, Jesus! Thou son of David, have mercy on me. 
Receive mercy in Jesus' name. I said, receive mercy in Jesus' name. Bartimaeus knew that only Jesus, the Lord of mercy, the King of mercy, could resolve his problem. And the Bible says, Jesus stood still. As you are shouting right now, the hosts of heaven are at a lot. I say, oh, these children of the Most High need attention. Attention is being paid unto you. I say, attention is being paid unto you. Attention is being paid unto your situation. Receive divine touch in Jesus' name. These men at the pool of Bethesda, they needed mercy, but their eyes were on the wrong source of mercy. They needed mercy. Instead of looking unto the Father of mercies, they were looking for one man or another man. The Bible says, vain is the help of man. And that's the truth. That is why when, when Jesus came before that man and said, will that be made whole? What did he say? He said, I have no man. Who asked you? Nobody is asking about your relatives. In fact, the Bible says, a man's foes are what? The members of his own household. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. I will lift up my eyes unto the hills. From whence cometh my help. Verse 2. My help cometh from where? From the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He's the one whose help cannot fail. He's the one that will say, I will help you and he will help you. He will help you today in Jesus' name. In Psalm 46, verses 1 to 3, the Bible says, God is my refuge and strength. A very present help in trouble. Whatever the trouble is, God is present. God is a helper. He will be your help in Jesus' name. He will be your help in Jesus' name. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. Verse 2. I mean, you can put down verses 1 to 2, but verse 2, verse 2. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Who is that person that will help you? Some people are not sure. Who is the one that will help you? You know, the Bible says, the heart of kings and princes, they're in whose hands? They're in God's hands. When he decides that you will be helped, you will be helped. I speak in somebody's life today. Receive help in Jesus' name. Not ordinary help. Not ordinary help. Receive divine help in Jesus' name. The help you need for your healing. The help you need for God to lift you up. Receive it in Jesus' name. The help you need for strength. Strength. Because that's what some of us need. All we need is strength. Tell somebody I am strong. You are strong in Jesus' name. You will be celebrated. You will celebrate. Your time of help, your time of mercy has come in Jesus' name. Among the multitudes, Jesus singled out one person. He went unto him, and by the time the interaction was over, that man was made whole. Let's bow down our heads. Let's bow down our heads. (laughs) 